Welcome, one and all, to Strange New Worlds, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial Star Trek podcast. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hailing frequencies are open. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here today to talk our preview of Strange New Worlds Season 2 before the premiere this coming week. Matt, just days away Thursday, June 15th. Exciting times, Pete, with lots of good stuff coming in the near future. We, of course, just last week did a little Secret Invasion preview. Uh, Looking forward to a full preview of that show next Saturday. Pete, it wouldn't be Fantastic Geek HQ if the podcast gods, if the programming gods didn't give us battling series on at the same time because (laughs) they know, I guess, uh, idle hands are the devil's work. Yes, yes. No rest for the wicked indeed. Uh, We'll be bringing you that full Secret Invasion preview on Saturday, June 17th, uh, before the Wednesday, June 21st premiere. Uh, We're going to be going to Secret Invasion Saturdays in addition to the Star Trek Sundays. Indeed, Pete. Hence this Star Trek Sunday release uh, for our conversation right now. Looking to the end of the summer, which Pete tugs at my heartstrings because summer has just barely begun uh, in this hemisphere. But towards the end of the summer, uh, Ahsoka, that Star Wars show, now has an official date, August 23rd. Uh, We have the podcast feed up for it. Love for people to be clicking the subscribe button there, uh, reviewing it, rating it, and... uh, I mean, Pete, this summer is going to be great. Star Trek, Star Wars, Marvel, all shows that we are podcasting. It's a glorious nexus. Yes, let's just hope that the writers' strike and the possible Screen Actors Guild strike uh, don't create a situation where dates get backed up. I doubt that Strange New Worlds is suddenly going to pivot from, uh, you know, days away dropping the first episode of season two uh pretty much think that uh, secret invasion is safe but i would definitely say that ahsoka even though they just named this date strike drags out that could be pushed back by the way pete on the secret invasion front have to give credit uh to our twitter pal who we have formerly called Captain Noel Gardner. She has earned the field promotion to Major Noel Gardner, yes. uh, Major of Shield. Uh, just in the last uh, couple days, there was kind of cryptic, not quite alternate reality game type stuff, but you know that sort of thing where take it apart and find clues and whatnot. And by the time I was aware of the website via her tweet, there had been replies and so forth, and she had already found the website, found the clues to get into the website to find the secret trailer and all of that. So Major Gardner, we salute you. Yes, fantastic job there. We'll be breaking down that footage, of course, during our uh, preview uh, uh, this coming week, Saturday, June 17th. And uh, before we officially land back at Star Trek here, just have to remind everybody that our Black Panther Wakanda Forever digital download code is going to be raffled away, uh, raffled away to those who leave reviews across any of the podcast feeds, pulling that name on Saturday the 24th, so uh, ticking ever closer. Yes, but for now, just days away 
from Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 2, Matt. And because of the nature of her email here, uh, Josephina Avalos, we're going to begin with that. Indeed, her email sent uh, just a couple days ago and the perfect way for us to recap season one so here we go uh she uh is sharing her thoughts about uh, season one of strange new worlds uh for episode one strange new worlds okay they threw me off usually we humans are the normal ones and see aliens this was very backwards decided they glad uh, pardon me very glad they decided to continue right after the events of discoveries launch into the future I see Captain Pike has been on an extended leave of absence with the beard making breakfast and has a special someone. Lucky gal. I like how they referenced Michael Burnham at the beginning when Spock was briefing Kirk. Before I go uh, any further, says Josephina, half-naked Spock? What? Uh, So cool they brought T'Pring into the plot for Spock. Her logical explanation about him leaving without querying her first was priceless. As we go along the episode, we meet revamped characters from TOS. Uh, some I don't know about. I'm glad to have the opportunity to learn about them. Whoa, Samuel Kirk makes an appearance. Rebecca Maine looks a little uh, different than when we saw her last. With Ahura, I'm cool. This is going to be an exciting ride. Hit it. And uh, Pete, I think she recaps well the fact that this is a sequel episode and a pilot episode and also a re-pilot coming off of the cage like it's 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 many things at once yeah and picking up from star trek discovery as well which i think a a lot of people either skim past or you know don't necessarily acknowledge i rewatched uh all of the first season in the past two weeks here and you know one of the things they talk about this whole episodic idea, right? Like we're returning to the original series in that regard, but also that there's growth with the characters, something that uh, Ethan Peck referred to as serialized emotion. Uh, For episode two, children of the comet, Josephina says, "Whoa, a comet with a force field that's on a trajectory path, causing uh, apocalypse to a planet. That's some new form of petty. I thought it was cute playing a trick on Cadet Uhura. We used to do stuff like that to our boots, fresh out of the boot camp Marines. Uh, we'll send them to the meanest MF, SOB, Gunnery Sergeant. B- Pete, you and I don't don't know what those things stand for because we are pure of heart and mind. But uh, thanks, Josephina, for uh, abbreviating them nonetheless. Uh, anyhow, send them to this uh, Gunnery Sergeant to get the keys to the Humvee that didn't exist. Back to Uhura. I read in an interview that Nichelle Nichols originally didn't plan to stay in Star Trek, but was convinced by various leaders like Martin Luther King Jr. decided to come back and stay filming. Much like this, young Uhura had no plan to stay in Starfleet when asked about where she sees herself in 10 years. I'm curious to see how these characters are going to influence her decision. Mean Girls reference. Why do you like math? Because it's the same in every country. In which case, it's a universal language. Ortega's taking the helm, has some badass flying skills. This was a good episode, too. I will say I'm liking how this show has a beginning and an end. We don't have to watch the previous episode to understand what's happening now. Uh, Pete, I love that Josephina has made a connection that I don't I don't think I had made before. The Nichelle Nichols, should I stay or should I go, real-world reflection, how that's reflected in this, the first Uhura-centric episode of the series. Yeah, it was an interesting 
experience going back and watching these and you know several threads that they intend to pick back up on in the second season one of which being this Uhura arc I mean obviously we know she's on Kirk's Enterprise but that she didn't necessarily plan on remaining in Starfleet and how that comes about as I'm sure Josephina will recap here Episode three, Ghosts of Illyria. Josephina says, talk about a plot twist. I like this one. Had a lot of ethical dilemmas. Then again, we wouldn't have uh, Star Trek. Crazy how Laon's inherited hatred towards Illyrians, a.k.a. her BFF's ability, is what cured her and the crew. Pike gave the best compliment ever to Una. OMG, when she confronted the doctor at the end, I wasn't crying. Nope. Uh, Psychnochemia sounds awfully like leukemia. I work in lymphoma myeloma research. Uh, Leukemia has similar properties such as cancer of the blood. The cancer will still be around in the 23rd century. I thought it was very admirable how the Illyrians were so dedicated to join Starfleet that they were willing to unalter themselves. Even in death, they wanted to show Starfleet their dedication to respectfully right their wrongs. Same as Una turning herself in, then paying it forward to the Doctor's daughter. I'll end this episode with, uh, quote, before you turn me to Starfleet, that I might have a chance to spend a little bit more time with my daughter to say goodbye, dot, dot, dot. Was definitely a plot thread from the first season that tugged at your heartstrings. That we had seen Joseph Mbenga in the original series, and now to see him as the chief medical officer of the Enterprise before Dr. McCoy, and to give us this sad, tragic backstory here of Rakia trapped in the uh, transporter buffer, and then, you know, the whole intrigue, too, of like, oh, we need to see what's in there. Oops, he's saving his ill daughter. And Una, as the keeper of that secret, it was really well done. It was particularly given that that's a that's a great example of the whole episodic uh, serial hybrid that this show is. The fact that you have a little character moment or, or, or a lesser character moment for Mbenga in this episode, setting up future episodes and so forth. But back to, to Josephina here for episode four, dealing with the Gorn. The first thing I noticed was USS Puget Sound. Shout out to the Pacific Northwest. This episode aired around Memorial Day last year. Turns out it's currently Memorial Day weekend right now. You mentioned that the star dates aren't in order. I never noticed that. I do like that. I'm four episodes in and two things. First, I like each episode doesn't continue off the last. Each has their own story plot with a beginning and an end. Second, Lieutenant Ortegas has me rethink my life choices. <laughs> uh, Josephina says, let's be honest. She's so attractive. This episode brought back uh, Easter eggs of Discovery. During the mind meld, Laon sensed, felt, and heard Spock's love for his sister, who isn't mentioned in his Starfleet record. I think we know why. Wink emoji. I liked all the naval submarine references. Uh, OMG, Pete, I see what you did there. Maybe it wasn't intentional, but you guys ended this podcast with the last words. The past is the past. There's no point in looking back. And the end credit music was Discovery's theme song. Naturally, that music brought me back to the Discovery crew. My last words for this episode, I heard it's like giving birth through your mouth. Who says that? <laughs> who, who says it in the episode? Uh, that's um, Nurse Chapel. 
On to episode five, Spock Amok. This was a fun episode. I sort of appreciate Vulcan relationships, like the straight to the point, no blur line, so to speak. Like, say you love me without saying you love me. Actions and intentions are super clear and speak louder than words. Did you see Una's eyebrows? She looks Vulcan. Uh, must be her tight hair updo, I guess. There's this saying in the Corps, of course, Pete, the Marine Corps, leave a few officers together in one room and they turn into privates, like Laon and Una, breaking the rules they enforce. It was funny, they were phasing each other, and Laon is like, are we having fun yet? <laughs> the freaky Friday act between Spock and T'Pring was silly. It's no wonder Vulcans look so young. They never move their face muscles to cause wrinkles. Is that why the Kardashians, not to be confused with the Kardashians, don't move their faces? Uh, Josephina says, I'm being facetious. Uh, when number one and La'an were walking on the hull using the force field, La'an was like, we're 100% sure the force field will hold. Nice for her to ask after they've walked about three football fields across the hull. Uh, imagine they forgot to bring a Sharpie. They're totally sisters from another mister. The transitions between all four storylines in this episode were nicely filmed with the Federation flag flying. We have the story with Pike's negotiations, the sisters from another Mr. being mischievous, uh, the Vulcan expressionless relationship moving forward, uh, pardon me, relationship goals cuddling, and the let's be honest next time with Ortegas and Chapel. Are they into each other? I saw that downward head tilt from Ortegas when Chapel said the right guy. The end credits music, looking for love in all the wrong places, is kind of foreshadowing future relationships. If we're being honest, then I'm totally fangirling over Ortegas and her mysterious smoky eyes. I know, I know, dot, dot, dot. If there's one criticism I had of the first season, it's that we get Ortegas, but no backstory, not enough. Everybody else gets a little bit more. I know they've addressed this for season two uh so really really looking forward to that absolutely on to episode six lift us we're suffering cannot reach this was a boring episode with the uh, exception of pike acting smitten. smitten it took a while to get the, to the plot twist started out with some good humor and cadet uhura going through security training classes with laon she had a total oops moment when the aggressive smaller ship went into the beam not going to say uh, much about the episode because it was slightly boring. I didn't like how they inflict suffering to a child so they can live in luxury. It had a Hunger Games element to it. I mean, the child is, well, a child. They aren't told what's to be expected when they ascend. Poor thing looked terrified when he sat down in the chair. Pike, this chick is a red flag. Move on, dude. <laughs> I can remember when this episode aired, um not being super high on it i think that's appreciated over time uh also that they filmed um and at angles in particular that emphasize the exterior location from billy madison <laughs> i will say about this episode um i would agree it's terrible that they inflict suffering on you know the these poor people the children and so forth uh, I'm looking to get a new phone this Christmas and I'm, as so many of us are, I'm kind of going to be willfully, uh, ignorant as to maybe the conditions it got made under or ditto with my shoes or, you know, and on and on. So maybe that's the larger Star Trek lesson that we're meant to say, I can't believe they do it. And sometimes in our world, the day, uh, the they rather by extension is us, but 
Pete, on to episode seven, The Serene Squall, a, a personal favorite of mine, I think. Uh, Josephina says, episodes like these are when you want Counselor Troy on your crew to feel this villain out. This con artist really had everyone on the run. Call me a hopeless romantic, but this episode was full of love. Captain Angel wanted her Vulcan husband, so she holds Spock at ransom from his fiance, who coincidentally uh, is the warden of prison, uh, the prison, I mean correctional facility. Spock pretends to have an affair with a co-worker, which in turn breaks up with his fiance, uh, rendering Captain Angel's plot useless. Then Nurse Chapel seems all confused after that passionate kiss, but doesn't want to admit it. Uh, then Spock and Tupring get back together at the end. Oh, I forgot. Did you all see uh, Spock throw those pirates uh, with his <laughs> fingers? And Spock has a half-brother whose name sounds like Cylon and Reebok put together. Uh, it was funny when Pike was thrown into a cage with his bridge crew members and no one helped him. Uh, no one helped him up. I'll finish this one with, you sure that thing's not broken? I would agree with you. I think this was the high point of the season and really the stinger there that Cybok is going to uh, enter the proceedings. I would imagine season two will we'll get to see the front of him. Episode eight, the Elysian kingdom. Josephina says this, uh, this is one of them side story holiday episodes, except it wasn't. They actually explained, uh, pardon me. They actually have an unexplained five hour time loss. What were their bodies doing? Just laying around. They really did a great job decorating the ship into a forest. Dr. Mbenga's what the hell line, uh, uh, with how line, uh, was my thoughts. Exactly. Pike's hair was giving off revenge of the nerds vibe. Spock and Ortegas looked so sexy in their new roles. All jokes aside, I had to stop watching Strange New Worlds for some time after seeing this one. It was too emotional in the end. The It Tickles Daddy broke my heart and gave me comfort that she wasn't in pain anymore. That's all I'm going to say about this one. It was a novel way to really resolve the Rukia illness. Um, I'm hopeful they can return to her in some way. The whole idea of well, you can uh, have your daughter cured, but you lose her or uh, your co-workers, your, your found family that you're holding on to are going to be, you know, trapped in this suspended storyline. It, it's a rough choice, but I think they, they really approached it well. Episode 9, All Those Who Wander. Josephina says, seeing we are all about to wrap up this season, I think it's pretty cool we are making a full circle with Uhura's rotation. The lighting during the breakfast scene is throwing me off. It looks like it's 8 a.m. sunshine, but aren't they flying in space? I'm predicting the newly promoted Lieutenant Duke is going to die on this away mission. He's a nobody who suddenly has a character spotlight on him on an away mission with characters, uh, with main characters. It was cute hearing Captain Pike tell Uhura, there will always be a place on the Enterprise for Neota Uhura. Uh, are the Gorn babies, uh, are the Gorn like the babies on Aliens? Dude, and they have predator heat-seeking capabilities. Uh, imagine working on your ability on how to give a pep talk to a crew member, and then he gets killed during it. Spock's emotional damage. And your captain says, Sam, grab him. We uh, keep him still. I don't want to risk hitting him. As he's being eaten alive and dragged away, sorry, new, sorry, newly promoted Lieutenant Duke, this was a good episode with lots of survival, strategies, character development, new fears unlocked, emotional damage, and Hemmer becoming a parent, uh, pulling a Ripley sacrifice. He was an awesome character and most likely convinced her to stay in Starfleet. I'll end with, 
another human drinking game does their number have no limit it's a great line from spock there early in the episode after he calls duke ensign following his promotion um one thing that kind of in rewatching the episode didn't sit particularly well is how sam kirk gets a little over emotional um i don't know with the, the limited amount we've seen him that that necessarily works but the the hammer loss in this episode and secret backstory making Ohora Ohora so that she stays on the enterprise. You know, you, you see Bruce Horak's characters ultimate value now and, and somebody they really want to return uh, in another light at some point. Episode 10, a quality of mercy. Josephina says it's so sad. We only have 10 episodes per season we do make a full circle with Captain Pike's special woman and his PTSD. Loving the Pike cooks for the people he cares for. Fastest way to someone's heart is through their stomach. I didn't know this episode was mimicking an original episode of TOS. I want to watch them side by side. I want to know what compels Ortegas to be defiant and disrespectful in this episode. At one point I was saying, STFU, Ortegas, you're going to be kicked off the bridge. <laughs> she was judgmental towards Spock just because they both had pointy ears. She's beautiful, but with that attitude, nope. Listen to me. I'm uh, talking as if I knew her. That's what I admire about the writers. They write episodes that make you feel like you're part of the crew. Like when Pike looked right at us after they've arrested Commander Una. It was pretty cool to have both Kirks in this one. Love the foreshadowing of Captain Kirk commanding the Enterprise. Spock needs to live, though. His destiny is pivotal in the Trek world. Absolutely love the bromance Chris has for Spock. Anyone else uh, first thought the actress who played Trinity from The Matrix, Carrie Ann Moss, was the Romulan Praetor? No, just me. I don't think this was an epic season finale. The nostalgia of an alternate universe in relation to TOS is what makes it freaking amazing. It bridged the gap between elder Trekkies and new age Trekkies of what could have happened if... The writing beautifully uh, managed the two scenarios. Like a well-choreographed, synchronized Lombada duet. Risky, <laughs> daring, suspenseful, compassionate. Both series complemented each other. It emitted a sacrificial love. Phew, that was deep. Just the notion, and again, that through line, you know, Pike hesitant at the beginning of the season to go back into the stars because he knows his future, his ultimate acceptance of it the idea all right i can change it and now at the end of the season well every time you change it it results in spock's death and we know that spock he knows that spock goes on to such critical importance for the galaxy so it's going to be interesting to see again how that gets closer we've also narrowed down the the time frame that it's seven years down the road that this accident happens and uh, the little boy that he meets in the beginning of this episode is going to be one of the victims. So instead of writing the letter warning him, you know, it's not just Pike's sacrifice. It's this child's sacrifice as well, all for Spock. Josephina concludes by saying, side observation, there are so many attractive people in this series. Okay, well, my birthday is around the corner and there's nothing I'd rather do than drink a whole bottle of sparkling wine and watch the season two premiere. By the way, I noticed on your podcast, you always ended with the Discovery end credit music. Why not use Strange New World's music? 
uh, Josephine says Semper Fi as she wraps up her email. And Pete, that's a that's a good note there. Uh, the technical answer is uh, because the uh, the template that we use is a copy from Discovery with new theme music in the beginning. But uh, I think when we're done podcasting here, I'm going to see if I can track down on YouTube the uh, end credit music for Strange New Worlds, and we can add that for season two. Put that one there in the suggestion box. Thank you for that recap there, Josephina. Another one of these threads really pulling through from season one to two that Lon had left at the end of the ninth episode. We do see her in the, the flash forward, but that's all the time crystal hijinks in the finale. Um, but she had gone with Oriana uh, you know, mirroring what she went through after the uh, the Gorn episode there. So how we pick up with her in season two is going to be obviously a continuation of that. Perhaps that is the plot of the first episode for as much as I'm trying to be spoiler free. Look, thanks paramount plus i guess you can't avoid it when across social media you have videos like uh season two episode two uh una's trial and you go okay so i guess season two or pardon me i guess episode two is gonna be the trial therefore pete as i said perhaps episode one is the search for and return of laan yeah and uh to see what goes on there that brings her back to the Enterprise crew. Obviously, we've seen from the trailers that she's going to have an adventure with a young Kirk this season. Um, really, really looking forward to just push and play on uh, Wednesday. Pete, I must confess, I don't remember whether this is myth or legend or guaranteed, but will we see Bruce Horak back, obviously, as a different character? Will we see him back in season two? They have said that though they killed off Hammer, they really enjoy working with him. So could he be Cybok? I, I, would you cast, would you be able to cast a non-sighted actor in that role? I, I don't know. Uh, would that get into some kind of digital trickery? Um, it could be a way to go, given that we haven't seen his face and again, they've teased that if they don't, uh, you know, bring him back, that they already have. I suppose another option, too, is if you want to say, hey, thanks so much for sitting in the makeup chair uh, for season one. How about for season two, you could play a, uh, a human who does not have sight. We'll stick a little visor on your face uh, and your makeup call time now <laughs> is, you know uh 45 minutes before before set time and we just do a little little pancake makeup on your face make sure the phaser is looking good you know put you know run a run a comb through that hair and off you go to to set um any other thoughts pete here for season two how about this so we've mentioned possible return probable probable return of cyborg um do we see captain angel again have to um and that's really my largest point of interest carrying over from that first season, you know, that'd be the ripe spot for the appearance of uh, an actor playing Cybok. Um, 
Yeah. And I think that Jesse James Keitel just totally crushed that role and, and can't wait to see that reprised. Pete, it's been out there uh, in, in spades that uh, the new engineer, Pelia, played by Carol Kane, will be introduced this season. Um, I don't want to propose that Carol Kane is too big to be in more than one season of, you know, a high profile, rather expensive uh, streaming show here. But do they maybe turn a negative into a positive? Does Pelia not make it to the end? And we get Scotty or does Pelia do just fine and continue on for future seasons? Again, we've got a, a buffer of time. We don't know exactly when Scotty and of course we had a, a voice actor, um, you know, voice Scotty in that season one finale um, when he shows up. But I really hope it doesn't become a trope that they, they kill off the main engineer every season. Somebody that, you know, was so beloved that hammer was even in his low episode count and his few appearances, this tragic mentor to Ohura. Um, yeah, I hope that doesn't become a thing. Um, but you know that you could swing this way and, and go get someone of Carol Kane's, you know, prestige and bring her into strange new worlds. I mean, they've talked a lot too about, the ability to do humor with this show and, and how, um, you know, they do everything to obviously make it natural and, uh, to bring in a comedian of her ability, then, you know, that's only gotta be the right way to do it. Obviously, as we've discussed in, uh, in prior podcasts, we know that there's the lower deck crossover coming, I guess two. I don't mean to retread, but two points just to shore up before the season begins here pete do you still think we're going to get an animated portion of strange new worlds animated in the lower deck style that's question number one and question number two what's your final call here are will boimler and mariner visit in the real timeline or is this going to be a is this going to be a time travel uh, pardon me not not a time travel is it going to be a, a holodeck type thing or is it going to be time travel but then nobody remembers so it's real but not real like what are your thoughts on those two things i think it's got to count right i mean it remains to be seen whether it'll be referenced on uh lower decks but that we know that seventh episode is called uh those old scientists the reference they had made tos right uh what it means on lower decks that you could around that time um, dovetail it with uh, a lower decks season four uh, could be a lot of fun. I, I don't know about the animated. I've been scanning my memory. I thought I had heard at one point they were going to do some animated alongside the live action. Uh, but to my mind, it's, it's a real adventure that they're going to have. It's not going to be a holodeck situation. It definitely was presented at san diego comic-con last year as partially animated partially live action uh and even we've if that was a, seen promotional pr mistakes before though yeah and i also feel like if you're a lower decks fan that will make sense but if you're not a lower decks fan you press and you're like i'm not really watching if i'm just here for stranger worlds and picard 
Uh, I'm a newer devotee to the Paramount Plus era of stuff. Uh, I, I'm that cartoon. Those cartoons, they're not for me. Let me click on episode seven of season two of Strange New Worlds. Wait, the cartoon is playing. What's what's going on? I, I feel like there's a potential for confusion. Now that said, you know, Pete, I've told the story before. Back in the day, when me and my family, when we watched yesterday's Enterprise, and all of a sudden it goes from the nice bridge to the darkly lit bridge. My dad is saying, what's going, did you change the channel from the New York station, to the Philly <laughs> station? What's, what's going on? You know? Um, so may, maybe the confusion could be good to, to hook people in, but I, I don't know. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to whenever it is that it's Spock plus Klingons. Um, based on my recollection, we haven't seen Cybox stuff. We haven't seen Captain Angel stuff. Although I think again, that's, fairly and widely assumed this is just a wide open season two here with lots of story space and i i can't wait to see what they what they give us yeah i wish we could just uh start this today well pete this entire forthcoming journey made possible by those who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek and our thanks to our crew that keeps things chugging along uh particularly as uh, as things start to get busy again, you know we got the the one Star Trek this week, then the following week, boom, six weeks in a row of Secret Invasion and Strange New Worlds concurrently. So uh, as always, our thanks. Absolutely, want to shout out those patrons there for helping us do this. Uh, get yourself over to Patreon.com/slash/FantasticGeek. Check it out. You place the value on the podcast takes just a dollar a month to get you behind that door and all sorts of levels to contribute at can't contribute right now uh get yourself over to apple Podcasts, leave us a rating or a review and then with our raffle for a digital download code for black panther wakanda forever you can get yourself a little bit more absolutely just make sure that you share with us your uh your Apple review name and all of that, uh, probably sending an email to fantasticgmail.com is the best way to make sure uh, we keep track of that. And indeed, Pete, let's keep the conversation going here. How can people be in touch with you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, -E -E 12,808 followers can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter, is looking back lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, B, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with a PH, all one word, like it today. Pete, next weekend, we are back for a final preview of Secret Invasion and then the glorious return of Star Trek Sundays as we get into episode 201, which let's not forget, Pete, has a provisional rumored title, but I don't think it's official until we click on it on Thursday. So with that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. Talk to you soon. Yeah.